This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Lord, let me go ahead and dive in because I'm already there. Thank you, Jesus. I have a question for you this morning. A question that I want to ask you, we've had a series on prayer before, many series on prayer. If you know, if you're new to us today, you've seen kind of prayer as a priority in what we believe here. We pray before, we pray during, we'll pray after, we believe in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer, we believe in the power of our words. And so I've got a question, we've, been, we've had series of prayer, but mainly as prayer as a whole. In this particular series that we're in, we're breaking down a few different prayers within the Word of God. And there's this book out right now called Dangerous Prayers, and I strongly endorse the book. And if you enjoy, uh, if you enjoy reading, I get this book. It's a good one. But I have a question. How many people in here, knowing everything you know about prayer by show of hands, believe in the power of prayer? Look at everybody, hands up. But let me ask you another question this morning, and a question that I don't want you to raise your hands for. I just want you to think, and I I want you to ponder this question in your life. Even though you believe in the power of prayer, how many believe they could be more consistent with their prayer life and the faith that they have in Jesus? Think about that for just a moment. And it's it's, it's a real interesting question to ponder, because why is it, as Christians, who, who we know who we know the Bible says that there's power in our words. And we know that the Bible says that we have access to go boldly before the throne of grace and God hears our prayers, that he's moved by our faith, and yet so often our prayer life is inconsistent. Why is it that we know what power that those words can bring, yet sometimes it's hard for us to take the time to actually say those words? And maybe for some of you in here, it's like, well, I, I, I don't know how to pray. Because for some reason, there's this concept that if you don't know how to pray, then you can't pray. That there's a special class you have to take on how to pray. And let me tell you something. Your prayer life is not some specialized class that you take to learn about what words to say and don't say. Your prayer life is a conversation between you and God. It's sitting down by yourself in the midst of a bunch of people, however it may be, standing up, kneeling down laying flat on the ground. It doesn't matter how you do it, but it's coming humbly before the throne of grace and saying, God, I am in need of a Savior. God, I need you today. There's something inside of me that I just can't get right on my own, so I need the power of the Holy Spirit to work through me. It's having a conversation with God. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to learn how to pray. Just speak the name of Jesus. Just speak the name of Jesus. Maybe we, we, we don't like praying because we don't like praying out loud and we're conscious about who's around us and, well, I don't want them to hear about what I'm going through. So I'm not going to get it out there. Can I say something that I said last week? Because I want to remind you, the enemy is going to hold you hostage if you keep it inside. But the minute that you release it and you say, God, I need help is the minute that he no longer has a hold on you anymore. You have been set free by the word of your what? The word of your testimony. That means to speak it. 
That means to let the request be known. There's other words in the Bible. There's scriptures within the Bible that says make your request known to God. He wants you to tell him what's going on. And if somebody else hears it, then so be it. Fine. Guess what? There's not just me praying about it now. Now I have a host of friends of people around me that are helping me pray over the same thing. It's time that we stop being worried about who's going to hear us and who's going to see us when we worship and when we pray. I'm tired of seeing people not worship. I'm being bold this morning. Allow me to be bold. I'm tired of seeing people not worship because they're afraid of what others might think. I'm afraid of, of seeing people not worship just because it's not what they like. I'm being bold this morning. I need to tell you. It's time that we worship God and give him praise. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about him. Can I be honest this morning? My God, I don't, I don't even need the notes. God's taking me a different way this morning. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, help us today. God, help us today. Help us today. God, guide my words. Lead my thoughts. God, I praise you, Jesus. I've often in my prayer life felt like I failed. I'm about to just wrap it all out right here and just leave it out onto the table. I've often felt like I failed because I've not prayed enough. Miss Paula, there's times when my children are sick and I wonder, is it because I've not prayed enough? Is it because I've not come to God enough? Is it because I've not given it to him? My mom's dealt with cancer now. This is time number three that it has come back. And I often, God, have I not given it to you? God, what is it that I still haven't done to get it to go away? I prayed for my brother for so many years to come to Jesus and to have a relationship with him. And I've often wondered, what have I done wrong? Have I not come boldly before the throne of grace? Have I not become boldly to him and declared it in the name of Jesus? And then guess what? Then stopped worrying about it. Because here's the deal, okay? And, and I need your help this morning. I need your help because when we come boldly before the throne of grace and we declare something, that doesn't mean that we have the right to take it back and worry about it. If I have given it to God, then I leave it at the, at, at, at the feet of the cross. I leave it there, and I don't worry about it anymore. I say, God, take it from me. And when he takes it from me, I walk away and don't think twice about it because the Bible over and over tells me that he's already taken care of it. So why, why, why do we continue to like, God, I give it to you, then uh, I'm going to take it back. And that's what we do. Because we're human, we're flesh, and I understand that. But let me tell you something. If we would become bold in our faith and say, God, I give it to you, and step away and not worry about it anymore, I promise you the power of the living God will come and meet that need. When we come before him with boldness. You know, sometimes I think I have failed because my prayers are safe prayers. That they're not bold prayers. That they're prayers like, Lord, bless my food. This greasy cheeseburger that I'm about to eat. Bless it and help it to the nourishment of me. It's not going to nourish me. Let's just be honest. But I pray about that. It's, it's a safe prayer. God, protect me today. And that, that's good things to say. But they're safe 
prayer is, God, let me get a good parking spot when I go to church. Right? God, let nobody be in my seat. Those are things that we say. God, help me to be more bold than that. And, and, and to pray things that by myself I know that I can't do it. But I know that with the help of the Spirit inside of me, I can see it come. Help me to be bold in, in, in that regard. You, you see, I wonder sometimes if, if, if the all-powerful, all-knowing God looks down and is disappointed by my prayer. Because I haven't thought big enough. I wonder sometimes if he's bored when I pray, because sometimes I'm, I'm bored when I pray. Because we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, and I'm telling you, I, I want to show you this morning in the Word of God what it means to be bold in your prayer life. Last week we talked about this dangerous prayer of God, search me, open me up, see if there's anything in me that's not right. We talked about God, break me, because God uses broken people. We've talked about the the prayer, use me, because I want to be like that prayer that says, God, here I am, send me. I want to be used of God. And so we pray these things, but now today we're going to talk about an entirely different prayer. And it's going to come from Acts chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles today, and if you are ready to receive the word, turn in your word to Acts chapter 4. To give you some context here before we read it, we're going to start in, in, uh, in uh, verse 1. But Acts chap- chapter 4, you have a Peter and John who were preaching with great faith. And they're preaching with great faith on the death and resurrection of Jesus. And they were praying for miracles. And there was this guy who was unable to walk, and they prayed for this guy, and God miraculously healed him. And now he's able to walk. The only problem now is the Sadducees and the captain of the temple guard and some of the religious folk thought that Peter and John were leading some type of cult. So they arrested them, put them in jail, put them on trial the next day before the Sanhedrin who would have surrounded them and asked them this question. By what authority, by what power are you doing these miracles? In whose name are you preaching this? And I'm telling you, he responds with such great boldness. And we're going to talk about it. But to give you the context, we're going to start with Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to what it says. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Praise God. Praise God that people believed the word of God. And that, the, and that they grew in numbers. Then Peter, with filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, because let me tell you something. If you want boldness in your faith, you've got to be filled with the spirit of God inside of you. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, 
if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Somebody say that was bold. It was. They were standing in there being persecuted for what they believed thrown in jail for what they believed and what they thought. And he had the boldness being filled with the Holy Spirit to get up there and say, whom you crucified, but who God raised from the dead, it's only by that that this man stands before you healed. He said that the stone that you builders rejected, I'm telling you, but which has become the cornerstone. The very thing that you said couldn't happen has become the cornerstone of our faith. You said he couldn't be healed. Now I've got proof. Look at him. He's walking around. The boldness to believe that one prayer could change a situation. Bold beyond measure. You see, he basically said, you killed him, but God raised him. One of the reasons this was so bold is not just the fact that he said you killed him, but whenever Peter said God raised him, the Sadducees didn't believe that that could even happen. They didn't believe it. They didn't have the faith to believe that somebody could die and then raise back from the dead. But see, now they have proof. And what Peter was essentially doing is he was making a declaration of war. You did this. God raised him, and I'm declaring war. Oh, and by the way, salvation is only found through him. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And because of this boldness, watch what happens next in this very next verse. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took what? They took notes. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. The members of the council were amazed. They were taken aback. They were blown away. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scripture. They were amazed, blown away, that these regular, unschooled, ordinary guys were so bold. The Scripture, you see, is amazing to me because the word in the Greek that's translated as ordinary is actually the word idiot, which, guess what, means... Exactly, yes. That means that an, idiot, that, an idiot, that an idiot came, okay? An ordinary, unschooled man could come not knowing anything about the power of Scripture, could believe in a man called Jesus, and that man be raised up and be able to walk again. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be a Christian for 20-plus years to see the miracles of God happen in your life. You can be fresh and new except Jesus today and pray to an almighty God. You don't have to memorize scripture. You don't have to know even its power. Just by saying the very words gives you the power and the boldness to believe that my God can come through. Come on, somebody. 
they were amazed that these unschooled men who had nothing special about them but were incredibly bold in their faith, so suddenly they have a problem. The religious leaders looked on, and they've got a guy that couldn't walk, but now he can. So there's obviously a miracle, but they're afraid that Peter and John, that this movement's about to take over. So watch this, the next verse. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing that they could say. Think about it. (laughs) Some people won't believe, and that's okay. But when they see the proof, they have no choice but to believe. Listen, you might tell me this morning that God can't help me. You don't know what my need is. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my sickness is. I'm here to tell you that he can and he will. Just believe it. Be bold. Be bold that God can heal you. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. (laughs) I love that part. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So they tried to shut them down. They tried to keep them from talking. They tried to silence the miracle. But let me tell you something about God. He always finds a way, whether you like it or not, to get his word through. They tried to silence him. They tried to shut them down. So watch what happens next. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, remember with boldness because the Holy Spirit is in them. Which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. It's time that we become bold. And we say, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I'm going to believe on the word of God. And if he says that it can happen, how dare you tell me that it can't. I'm telling you, it's time we speak with boldness. Boldness. Boldness, watch what happens. After more threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them. Why? (laughs) Because all the people were praising God for what had happened. (laughs) Do you see that? Do you see that? All of them, for a man who was miraculously healed, was over 40 years old. Now, why do you think they put that little tidbit of info in there? Maybe because they believe once you reach a certain age, you were no good anymore. There's no hope for you anymore. You're already this old. Let me tell you something. God is not a respecter of ages or of persons. It doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or 88 years old. God is still going to use you if you've still got breath in your body and you've still got a willingness to serve him. Then, sister and brother, you get ready because my God's going to use you. Be bold. Be bold. They let him go because they were all praising God for what had happened. They said, don't preach about Jesus. They said, stop doing these miracles. However it is that you see these things come. If you talk about Jesus, we will arrest you. 
We'll beat you. We'll execute you. Don't talk about him or you'll pay. So what do you think Peter and John did when they could potentially not only be beaten and tortured but lose their lives? They did what I do, and they did what you should do. They prayed. They prayed. They did not let a threat scare them. They did not let a threat try to detour them away from where God wanted them to go. Instead, they prayed. And let me tell you something else. It wasn't a safe prayer. It wasn't a now I lay myself down to sleep type of prayer. They didn't pray, oh, God, just keep us safe from all these bad guys. That's not what they said. Don't let anything happen to us, Lord. They were willing to be tortured for the name of Jesus. They were willing to be beaten. For, they were willing to be beaten for His name's sake. They didn't care what happened to them as long as His message was brought out to the people. They were bold. They didn't pray safe because going hard after Jesus, being His disciple, was never meant to be safe. And I want to show you this prayer that they prayed, this dangerous prayer that we're going to talk about, that we're going to pray as a church this week. And who knows, maybe even you will incorporate it into your prayer life. This is what it says in the next verse, in, uh, in, 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 in verse number 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now listen to this prayer. Listen to it. Now, Lord. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. They said this to God. They said, now, Lord, hear their threats. In other words, hear the fact that they want to torture us. Hear the fact that they want to kill us. Hear the fact that they want to do mean things to us. But in spite of that, no matter what they say, give me boldness to preach your gospel. Stretch out your hand. Heal and perform signs and wonders. They said, even though we've been told not to, give us the boldness to speak your word. Now, wait a minute. Well, pastor, wouldn't that be going against the people over them? Isn't that going against the laws of that land? Is, isn't, doesn't the Bible tell us that we should obey the laws of the land? And absolutely, I'm here to tell you that it does. It does say that. And I will always obey the laws of the land as long as it does not contradict the word of Jesus. 
But if it contradicts this word, you see, I don't live for an earthly home. I live for a heavenly home. That means that if what somebody tells me to do contradicts what this Bible tells me to do, you better believe I'm going to go after the word of God. You see, they spoke with boldness. And all of the religious leaders were amazed by their boldness. Question for you today. How amazed of those of you, how amazed are people by your boldness? How many, I'm so impressed with their boldness. They're just so bold. Has anybody said that about you? Has anybody said that about me? Man, I'm so impressed with you and how bold you are. Man, you, God placed it on your heart to invite them to church. I saw it. And you just walked right up to them and said, hey, why don't you come to church with me? That's hard to do. That's hard, especially if you're an introvert like me, okay? I'm actually, the scientific term is, is, an, om, is an omnivert. And an omnivert is an introvert that can be an extrovert if put in a position where they have to, okay? I am an introvert by nature. I don't like to talk. I don't... God has a sense of humor when he called me to do this, okay? Because I, look, after church, I enjoy going home, getting my pajamas, sitting down in my chair, watching TV, and just being with people in my home. I enjoy that. But let me tell you something. We've been called here for a greater mission. We've been called to be bold and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter how uncomfortable it makes me, I'm going to proclaim the name of Jesus to everybody that I see. And maybe, just maybe, God's put somebody on your heart. Maybe God's put something in your spirit. He's saying, hey, I've got something for you to do. But I want you, it now it might be out of your comfort zone, but I want you to be bold enough to do it. I could stand here and name many times of, 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 where, of where boldness put me in a position to receive the goodness of God. Because, see, it always doesn't just come to you. Sometimes in order to, to, to be bold, I have to put myself in a position to be bold. Because, listen, when we pray for boldness, He doesn't just give us boldness. He puts us in positions and opportunities to be bold. Just this week... You know, baseball's come back up, and it come back around. Both my boys play. They like it pretty good, and they're pretty good at it. And that's a dad, you know, speaking here. They're, they're, uh, they're. I don't. I love baseball, so it brings joy to my heart to see them play. I got a text the other day from Israel's baseball coach because I, I've decided this year to take a back seat and not just be coach. I want to be dad, and I want to enjoy the boys. So his coach texted me and said, hey, your son's on my team. We've got a meeting in a couple, you know, days. Wanted to see if you could come and meet the coach, meet the other players, meet the parents, all that stuff. He said, yeah, sure. And I really contemplated saying what I said next because sometimes we worry that if we tell somebody that I go to church and that I pastor and that Wednesdays are off for us. So if you practice on Wednesdays, we're not going to practice. You know, we just, the church is a priority for us. So sometimes we're afraid to say those things thinking they might think you know, differently about us. So I said, you know, man, I pastor a church. I pastor the Southern Hills Church of God. Amazing, amazing people. I just want you to know Wednesdays are out for, for, for us. We can't practice on Wednesdays. 
If you decide to do something on Sundays, it's going to have to be on a day where we don't have anything to, to, to do because I'm not going to not go to church because of a, of a, 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 a practice. So I just want you to know. And, I'll, you know, and two, you know, we can't hit baseballs inside the gym. That's not a good idea. But, you know, we could do tennis balls. We can do. So if it's ever raining outside and you need somewhere to go, hey, we've got a church gym. You know, you guys are more than willing to come, you know, use and utilize and, and all this stuff. And he said, really? What's the name of your church? Well, it's the Southern Hills Church of God. He said, Church of God, is that Church of God and Anderson, Indiana, or is, that, or is that the Cleveland, Tennessee? I said, you know about the difference between the two Church of Gods? He said, well, actually, I, I do. I said, well, it's the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, the good one. He, I said, yeah. The, 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 and I, I said, so this conversation just gets to going. And, uh, and, and he says, yeah, man, I moved down here from Minnesota and uh and, uh, you know, I went to a church of God there. I was in the MIP program, and we live out by Yukon, and we've been looking for a, a, a good church of God to, to, come to, to come to. I've got a wife and three beautiful kids. I said, man, my church would love to have you. He said, buddy, we're going to be there Wednesday night. So let me, let me tell you what being bold does. It opens up doors that man cannot open. It opens up doors that only God can open when you have the unction to just be bold. And to say it, I am tired of not saying things because I'm afraid of what others are going to think. I love all the new faces in here. I want you guys, I love you guys. You're awesome, Michael. You're awesome, man. Be bold. Be bold. Speak the name of Jesus without fear of somebody thinking any different about you. Let me tell you something. His name's Michael Osgood, so if he comes Wednesday, love on him because he's a great guy. And it's weird, small world. You know, within the church of God, you know, everybody knows everybody. If you're up in the overseer and the youth directors and all that, come to find out one of his closest friends. I know him really well, and it's just the smallest world that somebody who lives between Mustang and Yukon right there in that area would say, you know what, I know about the church of God, and we're looking to find a place to serve Jesus. It's about being bold because when we pray for boldness, God doesn't just give us boldness. He puts us in positions to be bold. My God. Question for you today, how amazed are people at your boldness? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that they're a disciple of Jesus because people know you by your fruit. And if you show it, they know that God is in you. Amen. Romans chapter 1, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. We've got to come to a place, Southern Hills, where we are not ashamed of the gospel. Where we're willing to share it in the highways and the byways. And to see people restored. And I want to look again at this prayer. Give me some more time, please. I, I have got a couple more minutes left. I want you to see what happened after the prayer. Somebody say, after the prayer. Acts chapter 4, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled, not just Peter and John, they were already filled. 
because they spoke with boldness, but now because they obeyed and acted in obedience to what God told them, now the entire meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Every single one of them. After the prayer, you might say, Pastor, I don't know that I can speak boldly. I don't know that I can get it in my system to talk out loud and to pray out loud. Can I tell you, being bold is not a personality trait. Let me tell you something. Being bold is not a personality trait. It's something that the Holy Spirit works up inside of you. And you might not think you can, but then all of a sudden you become bold and you don't know where it came from. There's a certain scripture that somebody needs to hear and you can't think of it in your mind. And you pray, God help me lead this person. Then all of a sudden that scripture just starts pouring out and you don't know where it came from. Because boldness is not a personality trait. It's not something that you're born with. It's saying, God, I am willing to be used by you. So no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, I'm going to be willing to be used by you. And then just automatically, the Holy Spirit inside of you makes you bold. Makes you bold. What I loved about these guys is that they prayed and the Holy Spirit came. They didn't get in a tight spot, put their AirPods back in, and listen to their awesome, most favorite worship song. They said, it's not time to be quiet. It's not time to be silent. It's time that this entire place knows about the love of Jesus. And they were bold. Let me skip down just a little bit because I want you to get this. In chapter 5, we go on and they're still talking about this story. And let me tell you what God does in response to your obedience. Because God acts in response to our prayers. So if they prayed and acted in boldness that God would save them, I want you to see. I don't want to just leave it there. I want you to see what God did. Acts chapter 5 verse 18. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about this new life. Why? Because boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. When you are being opposed, you know, I used to get so upset when there was spiritual opposition in my life. Now, I welcome it. Now, I say, come on. Because when spiritual opposition comes, that just means I'm doing something right. So, I welcome it. Come on and try and hit me with your best shot. But let me tell you something. It ain't going to work because the power of the spirit of the living God is inside of me. Pray with boldness. Boldness all, all, almost always triggers spiritual opposition. But boldness, num number two, all always releases God's miracles. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail. They were imprisoned yet again. But an angel of the Lord came and opened up the jail. God's miracles, are you ready to receive your miracle? Act in obedience to his word and act in boldness to what he said and watch your miracle come. And number three, boldness always requires faith. Watch this. Acts chapter 5, verse, verse, verse 21. 
Seth, if you could come play the guitar, please. Acts chapter 5, verse 21. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone said, Come, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. So the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. So Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. Somebody say bold. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. Now watch this, because sometimes when you obey and have faith and boldness, God sends the unlikeliest of people to your aid. And this is the point I want you to get today. But a Pharisee named, named Gamaliel, a Pharisee, one of them, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin, men of Israel, Consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. And he talks about other people that have done the same thing. Watch this. Verse number 38. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Come on now, listen, listen. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. Because when the power of God comes over your situation, man cannot stop it. Man cannot stop it. What the enemy meant to harm you with, God's going to make it for your good. I'm telling you, don't let the enemy stop you. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. His speech persuaded them, the scripture said. 
They called the apostles in and had them flogged, had them beaten. Now watch this. The apostles left the Sanhedrin after they were just beaten. What's to say? Rejoicing. <laughs> they had just been beaten almost to death. And they left rejoicing. Why? Because they didn't care about what happened to them. They only cared about getting the message out. Why? Because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. I want you to notice something. The word name is, is a capital N because it's not just talking about any name. It's talking about the Messiah, the chosen one. It's talking about the lion and the lamb, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He's talking about my savior. He's talking about the risen one. He's talking about my healer, my restorer, my redeemer. He's talking about the one who set me free. He's not just talking about any name. He's talking about the name, the name. So what happened? Last verse. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that is Jesus, the Messiah. God is calling us to a season of boldness. To be bold. To stand against culture. To dress modestly in a culture that does everything but. To when something is said that's inappropriate, I say, no way, we can be better than that. When somebody starts to gossip and talks about something, no, we can be better than that. It's time that we be bold. Because boldness requires faith. Because boldness can defeat fear. Because when you pray for boldness, God doesn't just make you bold. He presents opportunities to be bold.